the Ain't No Fang podcast. From Arizona Sports, Ain't No Fang. Well, for a while, the Arizona Diamondbacks have had a rotating spot in their starting rotation. Now, it appears they have two openings in the starting rotation. I'm Steve Zinsmeister with Cody Fincher as well on the I Know Fang podcast. Bear, tell me a little bit more about your thoughts on the Diamondbacks having another open position in the rotation now that Zach <laughs> Davies is injured. They already had one. Yeah. Uh, and it's been... Who's it been? It's <laughs> since Humberto uh, Castellanos went down. It's been... Well, opening been, day it was Caleb Smith. Okay, if we're going back that going far, yeah. Back. Caleb Smith... Um, and then it was Mejia? Humberto Castellanos. Did Mejia get started? No, I no. Luis Frias, I think, started a game. I don't know, but Luke Weaver got a shot. Yep. Tyler Gilbert's gotten a shot. Yep. Um, did Corbin Martin ever? No, he start didn't start. He didn't start a game. He, All right, he we'll pitched, get into that. He pitched in relief. Um, and most recently, it's been Dallas Keuchel. Uh, he had his first start with the Diamondbacks on Sunday. He went only four and a third innings. He struck out seven, gave up four runs. But how many pitches? Uh, he threw, I believe it was 90. It was over 90 pitches in four and a third. It's too much. For I want to say it was even over 95. I thought it was like 98. I think you're right about that. And I watched the game until he got. That was really the only reason I was tuned in just to see how he was doing. Because um, then after he left, I went down to our pool. So, <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, no, I mean, but, listen. There's a lot of intrigue around the Dallas yeah, Keigel thing. But I agree the, with you on that. But the thing, he 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 was not throwing very many strikes. He was around the strike zone. Um, he, I guess, said Tori said in a pregame interview in one of the one of these last couple games said that he was feeling the nerves and he's like, you wouldn't think it's someone like him would feel, be nervous, but that's what this game does. It makes you nervous. Um, so he was kind of all over the place to start. He kind of settled down for a little bit. He struck out seven guys. He still, he struck out seven throwing 87 miles per hour fastballs or whatever sinkers, whatever he throws, but he doesn't throw very hard. Obviously he never really has. Um, but the control was just a little off. He was, in, it felt like he was constantly in full counts with guy, with the Tigers hitters. So, I guess um, the question is then: Do you continue to roll with Keuchel? I think you have to at this point. Like you don't have a lot of other you options. N- you now have two rotation spots out of five that are kind of up in the air. Gallon's locked in. Bumgarner's locked in. Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly's locked yep. in. And now with Zach Davies going on the 15 day injured list with uh, right shoulder inflammation. That's another rotation spot that opens because Humberto Castellanos. I think he's, I think he's starting to throw, but I don't know where he is. He's on the sixty-day injured list, but I don't know where exactly how close he is to returning. It doesn't seem like he's returning anytime soon. Um, so now they have to fill another rotation spot. Um, is it going to be? It, I mean, I think I think the Luke Weaver experiment in the rotation is over. You don't think they'll try him again? I, I mean, I don't think so. Today, at the end of the game, they lost to the Padres 4 nothing. Ian Kennedy came into the ninth inning with them down. Um, and he was you know, he gave up a couple base hits, and then they showed a shot in the bullpen, and Luke Weaver was warming up. So I'm not sure if he's going to – if I'm sure they haven't decided yet. I don't know when Davies' turn in the rotation is next because Bumgarner pitched day. I think it, it might be on Friday. I don't know, actually. Um, it might be, I think it's Baumgartner, Kelly, then Davies spot. But, uh, anyway, 
But I would think that if Luke Weaver was in contention to start that game, he wouldn't be warming up to come into from the bullpen. You wouldn't think. But in any case, like even if they do start Luke Weaver, he's not there. He's not going f- five innings. He might go three to four innings. But I don't think they want him pitching that long anymore. You and I have both guessed that he might be a non-tender candidate at the end of the year. Uh, I believe he has one more year of arbitration left next year. Um, so you can bring him back relatively cheap if you really, really have no options. Or yeah. if you want to turn him into a bullpen arm, which is a possibility, I guess. Yeah. Because it's not like there's a lot of big names in their bullpen blocking him. But uh, I'm like you. I don't think there's a lot worth investing in in Luke Weaver long-term, other than we've talked about this way too much, but it deserves to be said. He's one of the key pieces in the Paul Goldschmidt trade, and you feel bad not trying again. You know what I mean? Like trying to milk that last ounce of baseball out of him like they talk about Moneyball. And for me, I think that that was why he kept getting a chance to start because... I mean, I'm sure as an organization, as baseball people, you can't really think like, well, we traded Paul Goldschmidt for him. We have to do it. That's probably not their main reason. No, it might the, be in the back of their minds. But there's a certain level of investment you have to make in a player when you trade your best player in franchise history. Yeah, I liken it to uh, I was listening to a discussion. I think it was Lorenzo Alexander and Howard Balzer today on uh, Bickley and Murata, and they were talking specifically about Zayvon Collins, mm-hmm. middle linebacker, and how they basically the organization pushed Jordan Hicks yeah. out of the linebacker room, and he's no longer with the organization. And uh, Lorenzo was talking about that, and he was like, listen, when you draft a guy in the first round, there's expectations that come sure, with that. Sure. And you have to play that guy. Mm-hmm. And then that means you have to go to other guys, veteran guys, and say, hey, you're going to have less of an opportunity because we invested a lot in that guy. Now, this is a little different because it's a trade, but you traded they your invested. best player yeah, they invested. for a guy who was young, fairly unproven. He had, had a little time in the majors in St. Louis. And so you do kind of have to keep going back to the well, so to speak, with Weaver and with Carson Kelly because of the high-profile player that you gave up. Yeah, I I just don't, especially if Luke Weaver was still under control for multiple years, I guess I would understand it. I would understand why they would keep giving him chances because like we need him, we need to show something. But he's got one year left of team control next year, and then he's a free agent in his mid thirties, early to mid thirties. Um, I just, I don't see at this point in the season, I don't, I don't see the benefit of having uh, Luke Weaver uh, start another game. I, you know, this year, I don't, I don't see the benefit of it. I would, of course, I'm going to beat the drum until they do it. Do it. I want Corbin Martin to actually start games. He started a couple games last year. Say it loud for the people in the back. Corbin Martin needs to start. Please. We oh. want Corbin. There you go. You going to start the wave? No. No, we hate the wave. Never. Yeah, don't ban the wave. Um Corbin Martin, he's in AAA. Yeah. The numbers are not very appealing. Yeah, he's he's four. But it is the PC. In, yeah, in 2022 He's four and three with a five seven nine ERA in nine mm. games started. Um, Not great. Yeah, he's got. Where are his strikeouts at? They don't even list strikeouts. What kind of freaking? What website are you on? <laughs> Minor League Baseball. Uh, MILB.com. dot mm. 
doesn't sound legit to me. What? Oh, I have to scroll over. Here we go. Okay, there we go. There it is. He uh, forty-eight strikeouts to nineteen walks. He's That's got a bad. he's got a WHIP of one point four five, which 1. is 4. not 5. That's pretty high. Yeah, but again, the PCL, like you said, guys get hit around in the PCL. It's like a rule. It's an unwritten rule. No, it's probably written somewhere that you have to mash in the PCL. Like if you go to the PCL and you're not hitting, you're doing it wrong. Like everybody, I don't know what it is about the PCL. I don't know if it's like elevation or just the ballparks, the way they're designed or something. But in the PCL, everybody mashes baseballs. Everybody. Yeah. And, and by effect, the pitchers suck, statistically yeah. speaking. So I'm not worried about his numbers in if, AAA. If your numbers are good in AAA, you're probably, you should probably be on the major league well, team. Also, too, in the PCL. like if you look at the Zach Granke trade and the four players they got from that, Josh Rojas has had extended time at the major leagues. He's almost a veteran at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Seth Beer has been has made the team out of spring, but he got sent back down because he sucked. He <laughs> played. We we even wrote an article about how great he was in the first week of the season, and we needed yeah. to see more. Uh-huh. And then he, we got more, and he sucked. And last year he got called up and then got hurt right yeah. away. So he's made the major leagues. JB Bukowskis has made the major league debut, I believe. Right? Yes, he has. Yeah. but he's been injured. Corbin Martin has been in the majors as well. So, like, all these guys are on that timetable where they need to be up. Yeah. Like, you can't keep Corbin down just because you have other options. Like, he needs, at some point, needs the opportunities in the major league if he's going to take that leap. And really, what are the other options? I mean, we already talked about Luke Weaver. Tyler Gilbert. I mean, Tyler Gilbert, he does have a no-hitter under his belt. um, But the last time he started a game, it did not go well. Um... Who else? Um, well, there are a There's, lot of minor you know, league options, but Luis, a lot of guys are Luis on the Luis Frias, I guess. Yeah, he's an Edwin option. Uceta has been a long reliever guy. They're both on the 40, man. Yeah. Caleb they, Smith is an option. Not one that I particularly love. It's, that's almost like the Luke Weaver. I, I've kind of seen enough of him in the rotation. That ship has sailed. Because he's been re- pretty dang good in the bullpen again. Yeah. Just like he was last year when he got removed from the rotation. I've told you all along. I think he's a totally different pitcher in the bullpen. So so last night... I like him in the bullpen. The Diamondbacks are down 6 nothing to the Padres after five innings. Caleb Smith comes in after they got a sixth spot in, I think, the fourth? I can't... Fourth or fifth. Caleb Smith comes in and, and keeps them in the game. Well, he keeps the Padres from scoring any more runs. They right. weren't in the game at 6 nothing, but... Right. And then they they come all the way back to win... On, by the way, last night was the weirdest game that they've played. They tied the game on back-to-back bases loaded hit by pitches. Love to see it. Buddy Kenny, Buddy Kennedy got hit with a hundred mile an hour fastball on his right arm, Ugh. left a pretty decent bruise, and then Carson Kelly got hit on the foot with a slider, <laughs> and they tied the game at six, and then they won the game on a. Ground ball from Christian Walker to Eric Hosmer, and Hosmer basically made a really bad throw to second, and Abrams couldn't handle it. And then Josh Rojas rounded third the whole time, and he scored, and they won. I'm like, they, <laughs> they tied the game and won the game without hitting the ball. Um, but anyway, uh, Caleb Smith came in last night and and put up zeros on the board out of the bullpen. So I st- I still think, like you, He's best suited for a bullpen role. Like, the starting thing has not worked out. So here's my question, then. 
with the two spots that you seem to have open in the rotation, let's assume Keuchel's position is not solidified. I mean, yeah. Would you rather go with guys like Keuchel and let's say Tyler Gilbert seems the seems to be the most practical call up, right? Let's say you go with those two. Would you rather do that with two players who are probably they, neither of them have huge, huge upside? I mean, Keuchel did win a Cy Young, but I don't think it was, he's in, 20, getting, it was in 2015. Yeah, he's not getting back to that level. Um, would you rather invest in those two guys now to try to win games now, or do you go to the pool of younger guys that maybe aren't ready for a call up? Like uh, they do have guys like Dre Jameson. Yeah, Blake Walston is in the minor leagues, although I don't think he's in AAA yet. He might be in Double A. Um, they've got a lot of good young pitchers in double and triple A. It's just none of them are really at that level where it's like, okay, we got to call them up now. You could fast track someone, but you don't want to. You don't want to be too quick to the punch either. I think you probably roll with Keuchel and Gilbert, and Corbin Martin needs to work his way in there too. I still think that you. I think Keuchel. They want to see more. It's not like they're paying him a lot. Obviously, they're not. He's here on a minor league contract. It's not a high risk thing. Right. But, I mean, I hate to reference 2020 at all because, it, I mean, whatever. But it's a weird year. In 11 starts in 2020, Dallas Keuchel had an ERA of 1.99. Not bad. Like, it happened. Um, and then in 2021, he wasn't very good. 5.28 ERA. And then this year, he's been not great at all. 7.93 ERA. But, I mean, he's only two... two Years removed from being a decent starting pitcher. Well, and so, let's say they roll with him for two weeks. Maybe Davies comes back in two weeks. I don't. Yeah. I don't know the timetable on him yeah. necessarily. But I, I'm not saying I love that rotation. But then at least Keuchel is your fifth guy and not your fourth guy. Right. And trying to figure out the fifth spot. Right. Then at least you have a rotation it's of kind guys. Of, we're kind of in this weird conundrum with the Diamondbacks right now. Where, I mean, yeah, they did bring in Dallas Keuchel. Mainly because Brent Strom is here. If and anyone can figure him yes. out, it's him. Yep, exactly. That's what they're doing. And if you if he figures it out and you can maybe keep him here for cheap, great. Fine. That's that's fine with me. But at some point, and I don't think guys like Dre Jameson and like Tommy Henry and and Brandon Fat, they're not ready yet. They're I don't not think quite ready. They're not quite ready yet. So if you can have Dallas Keuchel to kind of if he figures it out that's the key he's got to figure it out because they're not going to just waste a rotation spot on Dallas Keuchel to give up five runs every five days worth mentioning too of those prospects you just named eventually they're all going to be ready Slade Ciccone, Dre Jamison, Blake Walston, Brandon Fat. you mentioned. Bryce Jarvis. uh, Bryce Jarvis. That's five I just named, and there's probably more of them. That could be your rotation. (laughs) I mean, you only get five guys in a starting rotation, so eventually they're going to have to either trade some guys or they have to find opportunities for them. I was just going to say, I think you can't have... It's a good problem to have. Yeah, but you can't bring up all five of them. No, you can't. And they can't be all on the same timetable. Zach Gallon's going to still be here, too. And yeah. I'm guessing one, if not maybe two of those guys get traded in some kind of deal to get major league talent. Um, Whether which, it's this year or Which next, is or... another reason why you have a good, why you try to build a good farm system. It's not just to call every everybody up and hopefully they save you. And Hazen believes in that, by the way. Exactly. He said that before. I mean, he doesn't want the best farm. I mean, he did trade two top 15 prospects in their system for Starling Marte. That happened. Um, He traded his best prospect for for Zach Zach Gallen. Exactly. So, and that guy turned into a superstar, by the way. Yeah. Jazz Chisholm. Yes. Well, I don't know about superstar. He's a star player in the league though. Yeah. 
emerging star. Let's say that. He's injured now. He has oh, yeah, back I saw that. tightness or a back strain. That's a bummer. I like watching him play. There was a report that says he, he might miss the All-Star game, so that would suck. Oh, um, that stinks for him. Yeah. I don't really care about it, though. Well, I mean, yeah. It's it's another chance, though, to showcase showcase your yeah. young talent, and if he has to miss it, that would suck. Totally. Um, but, yeah, Hazen is not anti-trading prospects. He no. has done it. Um, and he's actually really good. He's got a good track record of acquiring star players. Maybe not stars. I should say good players. J.D. Martinez, Cattell Marte, yeah. uh, Eduardo Escobar. He's got a pretty good... Uh, Starling Marte. Starling Marte. Yep. Yeah, he's got a good track record of sure. getting guys. It's selling for prospects it, that he struggles it's, with. Yeah, it's when they trade them away that hasn't worked out. Um, so, I mean, if they can if they can get something out of Dallas Keuchel, that's fine with me. Um I don't know what he's got left. Uh, he did. He he. The whole reason he went four and a third on Sundays because he just threw too many pitches. He was yeah. he's had a, almost a hundred pitches in four and a third, and he was all over the strike zone. So we'll see what happens the next time he starts. But yeah, I don't know who's that fifth spot. I mean, I I really hope it's Corbin Martin. I just we're at the point now where. The Zach Granke trade was in 2019. Three years ago. And Corbin Martin, I think, had already pitched in the major leagues for Houston. The year prior. A, yeah. A couple, because he was a out couple, for a full year. Because he had Tommy John surgery. Yeah. So it's time. It's time to see what he's got. Because when that trade was made, he was he was the prize, Corbin Martin. And I think the biggest piece, yeah. Right. It ended up probably the prize was probably Josh Rojas. I think at the time um, he and Bukowskis had both played in the Futures game, yeah, which is kind of the mark of okay, these are good and prospects. Seth Beer had a power bat, and they're like cool. Yeah, um, I think it was Gambo that said that the D backs had pursued Martin in other trades before making that Granky trade. Probably tried to trade Ray for him or Goldschmidt. Because Robbie Ray, remember there were Astros rumors there too. There was Goldschmidt Astros rumors as That's well. That's true. Yeah. Um. So. They like Corbin Martin. I just don't understand why he can't get a start in the major leagues. Um, yeah. uh, I just, if I'm looking at his page, nope, this is Dallas Keuchel's page. One minute. There might be more to the story than we realize. Maybe he has he okay his twenty his twenty twenty two MLB stat. I mean, he's only okay. I'm sorry, career stats. He's only started in eight games in the major in the major leagues. Yeah, in his career. I believe that it's. It's time, man. It's time to see what he's got. We know because they've done that with Luke Weaver. They, we know what he's got. We we know. Corbin Martin. We need to see what he's got in the major leagues in the rotation, not coming out of the bullpen in a in a blowout game. It's different baseball. He needs to come in in the first inning when it's zero zero, hopefully. Or one nothing, <laughs> one nothing in his favor. When the other team has zero runs, right. he needs. That's when he needs to start pitching. I for, understand in the beginning from. of the games. Like, can we just give him a chance, please? If he fails, I'll get off the soapbox. You know, if he ends better up, to try and find out you were wrong, especially than to do at nothing. this point where the Diamondbacks, the Diamondbacks are now. I believe it is they're because. In previous weeks, they had they'd been in with within like five games of the wild card spot. I think the last podcast we did, they were six and a half. Out. Okay, so they are 
They're now eight and a half games out of the wild card spot. They're mm. thirty. They're thirty four and forty two. They're eight games under five hundred. So we're getting to July now too. It's time to see what it's. And you have you literally have two not locked down rotation spots. Let's put it that way. Why can't Corbin Martin get get a start in there? He's been pitching pretty well lately for the for the Aces too. Yeah, the ERA. If you look at the numbers, the ERA is high. It's the PCL. It's just what happens to guys. So I, I just I I want I just want him to get a chance. Fair enough. And you traded Zach freaking Granky for this guy and the others three years ago. Three years, twenty nineteen trade deadline. Like you need to see what he's got, right? I mean. I don't know. It it's just frustrating that and maybe he's only been starting in Reno by the way. So maybe they just needed to build him up more, I don't know. But he needs to he needs to start games. <laughs> he needs to start. Another guy that might deserve a call up. Should the Diamondbacks call up Cole Tucker, who they recently acquired, I believe on the waiver wire out of uh, yes. Pittsburgh to replace Geraldo Perdomo? Perdomo has not hit effectively at the major league level. Granted, Cole Tucker has not ever hit at the major league level either. Um, yeah. But Cole Tucker, interestingly enough, uh, took Shelby Miller deep. <laughs> yeah, I didn't <laughs> Two even... Two D-backs legends I didn't collide. even know that Shelby Miller was still playing. Nonetheless, in the minor leagues. Right. Um, where, did, where did he... Here we go. Shelby Miller is pitching for the River Cats. Okay. Who are they a AAA affiliate I, of? I honestly don't know. I have no idea. Where, I, lo- I I will tell you how much I've kept track of Shelby Miller. After he left the Diamondbacks, I don't know. He's actually, I have no idea where he's he ended actually up in Texas, been, right? He's actually been on a lot of teams. Didn't he, he go to Texas he, after he, the D-backs? Yes, he did. And he was also in the Yankees system, I want to say. Did not know that. Didn't make it to the majors Wasn't there. Wasn't he with the Cubs for a hot second? I think so. Did I make that up? I think No, I, I I don't think so. Or Royals? So Somebody the, that's blue in the, the middle of the The Sacramento country. River Cats are the AAA affiliate of the San Francisco Giants. Did not know he was there. Nope. Me neither. <laughs> Did not know he was even well, still Well, Cole a Tucker player. hit a home run off of him today for his first home run in Reno. So. Does he deserve to play at the major league level over Geraldo Perdomo? So, and, and Perdomo, just, just put that out, he's, he's struggled lately. Um, before today, he had an infield single. That was originally ruled an error, but then they changed it to an infield single. That broke an 0 for 27 streak that he was on. He hadn't gotten a hit in his last 27 at bats before his first at bat today. So he's been struggling quite a bit. He still plays a good defensive shortstop. I'll say that. Um, I don't know what his on base percentage is is now, but it's it's probably not as high as it was when he first replaced Nick Ahmed. Let's Nick see. Ahmed, by the way, I don't know if we've talked about this, but he. I believe he's been ruled. He's been shut down for the rest of the season. He had surgery on his shoulder, so Geraldo, he's not coming back. Geraldo Perdomo for the season is hitting one ninety eight. Yeah, so just below the two hundred mark. Mm. His on base percentage is three oh nine, which is not a good on base percentage, but that's pretty good for a two hundred <laughs> hitter. I'll say that. Yeah, uh, slugging percentage two two seventy six. He doesn't slug. Well, he needs to yeah. at some level. He doesn't need to be their both, best slugger. Both but. Perdomo and Paven Smith have really been struggling with the bat lately. Um, but Cole Tucker, just he's been in Reno since the beginning of June. Uh, 
since June 7th. He's hitting 279 with a home run. Like we mentioned today, he hit a home run off of Shelby Miller. And then um, nine RBIs. He's got an on-base percentage this month of 352, but then his slug is 361. So he's he's not he doesn't hit the ball. And that's why he got DFA by the Pirates. He doesn't hit. Well, neither does Perdomo. So is it worth replacing Perdomo with Cole Tucker at this point? Or do you just go for know. continuity purposes? I, I, I don't know. I think they still want to give Perdomo. He got the day off today. Um, so uh, I'm not sorry, not today. Yesterday he got a day off yesterday because um, he had been scuffling and Tori just wanted to give him a breather. Um, but I think at this point Nick Ahmed's not coming back. Um I believe he's been shut down for the rest of the year. He had sh- surgery on his shoulder. I want to say Ahmed has one year left on his deal, and it's like $10 million next year. Really? I think you're right about the about the number. It might be two seasons, but I'm pretty sure it's $10 million next season, and then he might be done after that. Because remember they gave him the extension yes. a couple seasons ago? I want to say that was see. a year or I'm two pulling, ago. I'm pulling it up right now. Not career earnings, you I'm not machine. sure that replacing Perdomo does you much good, even with Cole Tucker. I mean, if he's got the hot hand, I, I guess I understand that. Yeah, but... Nick Nick Ahmed has just next year left on his contract, ten million dollars, and I don't know if they want to pay him ten million. Yeah, I don't. He know. He hasn't been available. I mean, this is no offense to Nick Ahmed; he hasn't been available. I mean, they're going to have to pay him still, but yeah, but if you. I don't know if you could trade him. Even I don't know who would want him. I mean, he's got. A, he just had shoulder surgery. There's not a lot of teams out there who don't have a shortstop, right? And honestly, there's a lot of young shortstops that are starting to come up too. Yeah, um, I think they're still going to ride with Perdomo for the time being, unless an injury happens or whatever. But I don't know if we'll see. I mean, we might see Cole Tucker maybe in September. He might be a September call up. Do you remember the ta- the the days where in September you could call up like twenty people? Yeah, your your <laughs> roster went from twenty five to forty. Yeah, your entire and if you wanted to call up fifteen people, go your, for your it. Your entire AAA team gets called up. Yeah, and now it's only two guys, which yeah. kind of sucks. So uh, it does I, limit you, but it also yeah. like I, the one thing I hated about September call ups was you would call up fifteen people, and then a month later, if you make the playoffs, they all have to go away. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, well, well we, that was fun. Bye. We, we just got used to the kid, right? You know what I mean? So, so I don't, I don't know. It's if, a happy medium. I don't know what the scenario would be. For Cole Tucker to get called up, it probably before that it'd probably be an injury um, to Perdomo, probably specifically because he's. I think Cole Tucker is primarily a shortstop. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think they're going to stick with Perdomo. I still want to see what he's got. I mean, he has nine extra base hits in yeah. two hundred and twenty-five at bats. He doesn't hit. He doesn't hit. That's the problem. Cole Tucker doesn't hit either. Well, that's what I'm saying. You're so, basically replacing him with a player who is equivalent, if not worse. I mean, he's he's no got to Cole Tucker. He's got decent numbers in in Reno this month. Sure, I mean, two seventy nine isn't bad. A three fifty two on base percentage, but again, the slugging is only three sixty one. He doesn't he doesn't hit the ball hard. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't hit it into the gaps. Is Alec Thomas the rookie of the year in the National League? He's qualified for it now, isn't he? Do you think that he'll win it? When I think about that, I, I consider the candidates, right? O'Neill Cruz just came up in Pittsburgh. He's probably not qualified just yet, but not he probably yet. will be by the end of the year. He, he's not going back down. He shouldn't. Pittsburgh's, the Pirates are bad. Pittsburgh's going to look at that kid for half a minute. 
He shouldn't have started the year in, in, no. in the minor leagues. He should have no. made the team. No, people, and if they're calling him up, pissed off about that. If they're calling him up, you know that it's for the yeah. quote unquote long term. Nothing is long term in Pittsburgh. I mean, but there's Hunter Green too in Cincinnati, who's a candidate. But he struggled early. Yeah, Mackenzie Gore is the other big one. Mackenzie Gore has been fantastic. Yeah, for the he has been. And he's been a top pitching prospect. I don't for know years. if Alec Thomas will win it. He he doesn't. He hasn't done anything super flashy so far. Besides, he robbed Joey Votto of a home run and then a double. Here's what I told. But the, I don't know if they if they if he goes strictly on numbers, I don't know if he'll win. But so I talked about this uh, with my co-host Mitch Varelis on Arizona Sports Saturday last weekend. He was asking me about you know will Thomas win the uh, Rookie of the Year? No, he won't. He's not going to win it because he doesn't do the sexy things that win you awards he doesn't hit he doesn't a ton hit. of home runs yep, yep. Uh, he's been fine he's got yeah pretty good power for a guy his size i'll mention that he plays a mean center field he plays a great center field he's pretty quick uh he's gonna hit for average and i think he's gonna lock down center field for years to come he's unless steal, he's replaced he's by corbin bases yeah yeah but either way he'll be in the outfield for this team o'neill cruz or mckenzie gore will do the sexy things gore will strike a bunch of guys out he will have a low era he'll have a great whip O'Neill Cruz will steal bases, throw people out from left field. Uh, <laughs> he'll throw 97-mile-an-hour yeah. fastballs from He'll throw the ball harder than short. you. He'll hit the ball harder than you. It'll go farther than anything He's also hit. like six foot seven playing shortstop. One of those guys will win the award. But I will take Alec Thomas in center field all day. Yes, please. Eight days a week because the yep. Diamondbacks have not had a solid everyday center fielder other than Starling Marte for about 30 days. They haven't had a starting center fielder that I felt good about since maybe Chris Young. A.J. Pollock? But he wasn't always available. That's true. I mean, I feel like they played Ender and Ciarte in center more than they did A.J. Pollock. Yeah. Because AJ Pollock, had, Pollock AJ, got hurt a lot. A.J. had a couple good years. He was really good. Um, no doubt won, about it. I think he won a gold glove as well, I think. But I never felt good but about yeah, him out I mean, there because Chris, I didn't think he would play the whole year. Chris Young, that's a good name to bring up. And he wasn't a star player. I mean, he was all-star caliber at times, but, I mean, like, he wasn't a lockdown. I felt most good about Starling Marte, who has now blossomed into one of the game's best center now fielders. He's, he's in right field. He plays right for the Mets. He plays right have, now. They have Brandon Nimmo in center, yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. I'd rather have Starling <laughs> in center field. But he's 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 been one of the best, especially yeah. stealing bases. Yep. He's one of the best base runners in baseball now. Um, I will take Alec Thomas all day, every day over those other guys in terms of, like, I'm just happy with what I've got. But those other guys, one of them will win Rookie of the Year. Gore yeah, or O'Neal Cruz. Right. I, they do the sexy thing. Once O'Neal Cruz gets qualified, I bet he'll win yeah. NL Rookie of the Year. And also name recognition matters. Alec Thomas was never, like, the top prospect in this system. Corbin Carroll, who plays the same position, has always been so, better. I think if Corbin Carroll comes up in to the majors and, does what he, and continues to do what he's doing now in AA... He has a chance to win the award okay. because he's now totally. one of the top prospects in all of baseball. Why is he not in AAA yet? I don't know. It's I mean, I know he missed all of last season with a shoulder yeah, injury. They might want to be taking him a little bit slower. I mean, he's he's essentially missed two straight years, before this year, two straight years of minor league baseball because in 2020, obviously, the minor league baseball season was canceled due to COVID. And then last year, I think it was like five or six games in, he hurt his shoulder and ended up being out for the season hitting a, after hitting a home run. So, yeah. yeah, I mean... Don't be shocked if at the midway point of the year they move him up to AAA. They, I w- and they I'm, should. I'd be excited for that. And then maybe he has a shot at making the team 
start of next season or early next season. I think that would be ideal. Was he even in spring training this year? Uh, I, I don't know even Alex think he's, Thomas was. I don't even know that he's on the 40-man, honestly. Do you have to be on the 40-man roster to be in spring training? Not to be in spring training, but, but to, to make in, the team out of camp, you would. Right, but like I, I, I was trying to remember if he played in any games in spring I training. I don't even remember. don't know the answer. Anyway. That's all confusing, too, because you get non-roster invitees. Right, and right. There's intra-squad games. That's what Alec Thomas was. Right. He was a non-roster and invitee. And, yep. and I think everybody's super comfortable with him in center field. Yep. Um. John Gambadoro reported, I think it was last week, he said on his show, on the Burns and Gambo show, that he expects three Diamondbacks to be traded before the deadline. David Peralta, Zach Davies, which is now complicated because he's now on the IL for mm-hmm. the next two weeks at least, right? and Ian Kennedy. What's your reaction to him predicting that the three of them... And keep this in mind, Gambo doesn't really just say these things as like, I think they'll get traded. No, he says these things when he has information that like, right. hey, this is pretty good to go on. I'm not surprised. I mean, those are the most eligible guy. I mean, they're all they're all on expiring contracts. Um, David Peralta, Zach Davies, and Ian Kennedy, they're all on one-year deals. Um, and the trade deadline for what you were saying with Davies being hurt, the trade deadline moving to August – what is it? August August 2nd. 2nd? Okay. So it moves – It's like two it days moves later. like three days, but at least it gives it a little extra time for him to get healthy, I guess. Um I mean, and just the trend, they're they're moving farther down in the standings. They're losing more games. Uh, they've struggled recently. Um, so I I'm not so I wouldn't be surprised to see those guys get dealt, um, especially because they're all on expiring contracts. So if you move Peralta, what's the immediate look of the outfield? Because Varsho's been playing a lot of right. I think Thomas we talked about is in yeah, center. I, I, I think I think what's gonna happen is you could see more of Jordan Luplo out in left field. Um, I bet. So as I'm thinking about this on the fly, I'm guessing what you would get would be against right-handed pitchers, Pavin Smith in left field, and then against lefties, Jordan Luplo would play left. Is there any reason to move Varsho to left? I mean, you, where he's played more often, you could, and and then and, Pavin Smith and Luplo and play right. Luplo and Pavin have played more right field too. Yeah, so I guess, but I only say left for those two guys because Tori Lavello said that Varsho is going to be getting most of his at bats in right field, but that's of course assuming with Peralta still there. So. And I think long term outlook. We talked a lot about Alec Thomas. I think he's going to be here for the long haul, whether it's in center yeah. or maybe left. Um, Corbin Carroll is coming. We mentioned him in Double A. He's a Basically a better version of Alec Thomas. He's kind of a smaller guy, but he hits for power, man. I think yeah. he's got like 17, 18 home runs, something crazy like that already in double A this year. Um, he He's fast. He steals bases. He hits for average. He does everything very well. He might be the center fielder of the future, or he might play left. Well, it, One of those two I guys. I think that comes down to who's the better defender. Yeah, and the, the better defender should play center. Yeah, if it's Thomas, Thomas problem needs to, to play center, yeah. And uh, then Varsho would play right. <laughs> so if that's the long game, maybe you keep Varsho in right, and you try some other guys in left. Uh, this year in A, Corbin Carroll, had, or at least in the minors this year, I think he's been in A the whole season. Um, he's hitting three thirteen with 16 home runs and 39 RBIs and 20 stolen bases. Yeah. <laughs> His on base percentage is four thirty. The dude does everything. Four thirty. Yeah, on base. I'm telling you. What about uh, so Zach Davies? We've talked about the rotation spot. At, yeah. ad nauseum. We kind of went over what we would do there. 
Um, Ian Kennedy. I don't know what you get for Ian Kennedy. I don't know what you get for any of these guys, to be honest with you. But yeah. if you move Ian Kennedy, that really leaves Mark Melanson and Joe Mantiply as your two main options and in the bullpen. No way right? Ramirez has been good. He's been good. I think you're right. That's probably the back end at that point. I don't think, uh, I don't want to call him expendable, but I guess that's kind of where I'm going with this is Ian Kennedy is no longer a must have on this team. Yeah. I mean, I liked the signing at the beginning of the year because he's been there, he's been a closer, but he's getting hit a lot this year and he's had a lot of hard contact against him too. So I don't, I guess, I mean, everyone needs relievers especially uh, teams that are aspiring to be in the postseason. You can't have too much, too much pitching. Um, so I don't know what you get, though, like like you were saying. And also, that's the downside of having guys in expiring contracts. Teams are not going to want to give up as much. I mean, Cash. Might, I was going to say. I, was gonna I know s- nobody likes to hear I it. was going to say. It might sound a little bit harsh, but you might, for a guy like Ian Kennedy, a relief pitcher in his late 30s that is getting hit kind of hard, you might have to take the cash considerations. I don't know. A couple hundred K to help you pay maybe, down Mark Maybe Melanson. a low-level prospect. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it might be the Travis Bergen situation. You're not I getting a uh, prime no. 18-year-old prospect for Ian Kennedy. No. You're just not. That's not how those trades work. Like no. cash. If Juan if Juan Soto ever gets traded by the Nationals, they will get a king's ransom for him. That multiple top 10 prospects. Think what they got for Scherzer and Turner combined, but for only one guy. Correct. Yeah. The top two prospects in the Dodgers system. Yep. Plus others. Who are pretty much ready for the majors already. They're already in the majors. Yeah, Keeper exactly. Ruiz and Josiah Gray. Yeah, right. they're in the ma- they've been in the majors all year. Right. I mean Plus Josiah, other guys. Yeah, Josiah Gray hasn't been great. And but you know what? Throw okay. some Lakers first round picks in there too. <laughs> uh yeah, they don't need that. Not that they have any. Uh yeah. <laughs> they gave them all to New Orleans. Um but yeah, I I mean those guys are the most logical guys to get traded. I don't think I don't think Madison Bumgarner is going to get traded. He's just got too much money left on the deal. I guess at this point you'd rather just have him. Than... I think the same could be said of Mark Melanson. Yeah. I think Melanson would probably be on this list Gambo had if he didn't have a two-year, fourteen million. If he didn't have deal. one more year left, yeah. And that's not an outrageous deal, but it's pretty high for a relief pitcher who's forty, who's yeah, thirty-nine or forty yeah. years old, and. He's not doing particularly great either. Although we've talked about when he gets save opportunities, he's a whole nother he's like pitcher. A different person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's actually really good he's, in save he's, chances. He's actually been pitching better lately too. Um yeah. but I mean I probably guess probably worth holding on I to. guess you could trade him. Um you probably have to eat a little bit of the money. Are you talking about Melanson? Melanson. Yeah. You probably have to eat a little bit of the money, but that you get in return for Ian Kennedy. <laughs> there you go. Sorry, I just okay. traded both of them in one scenario. Yeah. Then you have literally nothing then in your bullpen. you bowl have thing. money. Um, Can then, money get guys out in the ninth inning? But on the flip side, I mean, we've talked a lot what about... What about Joe Mantiply? Right. We've been talking about Mantiply. And on the flip side, he's been fantastic. Arguably the best left-handed relief pitcher in baseball, statistically speaking. I'm still going to give the nod to Josh He gave up Hader. a run on Sunday. What? Yeah, he gave up a run. I don't approve of this. That didn't happen. (laughs) Mulligan. Yeah. It's no. We're going to pretend that didn't happen. But his ERA is still probably below one, right? Or it's something crazy low. Uh, He's been fantastic. 
and the argument is the flip side of the coin, right? While you're trading Ian Kennedy because he doesn't mean much to you, do you give up the guy who wasn't supposed to be great, but turns out he was, you might be able to capitalize on the success of Joe Mantiply. Joe Mantiply's ERA is 1.24. 1.24. That's incredible. He's got an 086 whip. He has 29 strikeouts in 29 innings. You and I weren't even talking about Joe Mantiply before the season. I didn't even know they had a left-handed pitcher in the bullpen. I didn't think they did. Besides, yeah, at the start, because remember, Caleb I, Smith wasn't there. Because I told you I don't like Caleb Smith in the rotation because it leaves you without a lefty in the bullpen. <laughs> and I guess Here kind of facetiously, is. I overlooked Joe Mantiply completely. Joe Mantiply. He's been fantastic. Yep. But do you try to trade him and capitalize on his success? Or do you hold on to him and hope that he's around for a few more years and... He's a part of the next great Diamondbacks team. Yeah, I, I've kind of fallen in love with him, so I don't want him to go. I, kinda, I also understand I, the stock I kind of have too. I understand because he's been just this weird. Like he's been weirdly good. You know, like I'm trying to find what his contract is, but it only gives me the whole team, so that's annoying. Oh, he's pre he's pre arb. Okay, interesting. So he's got a few more years left. Yeah. Because remember, he's been around the league a little bit, too. The Diamondbacks were not his first organization. They they picked him up. I don't want to say the scrap heap, but th- he's been with other teams. I want to say the Yankees. There he is. And if yeah, there's he's, another one. He's he's pre-arbitration. He's only he's making $717,000. Yeah, no, it's like nothing. I mean, yeah. it's not nothing, but it's like nothing for a relief it's, it's pitcher. It's like nothing. As good as he's been, right? it's like nothing. And that could be enticing for a contending team, too. I mean, But you and, better get something good back if you're giving him up. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but... And he's not super old. He's only 31. Yeah. So it's not like giving up Kennedy or Melanson, who are in their upper 30s, so... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they. I don't know if you want to give up Joe Mantiply. He's been really good. Speaking of Diamondbacks bullpen arms, uh, did you see Archie Bradley's injury? Yes, I did. So there was a brawl in a game between the Angels and the Mariners. By the way, it was a fantastic brawl. Really good it was brawl. Fantastic. We brawl. don't get a lot of brawls in baseball. I haven't seen do, a you brawl. Need to make count. I haven't seen a brawl like that since. Remember the one between the Reds and the Cardinals where Johnny Cueto got pushed up against the home plate netting and he was just kicking guys. He like. Seriously injured somebody doing that. What was the one with Amir Garrett? Was that, that was Cincinnati and ooh, I want to say Reds Pirates for some reason. I can't remember who they were playing. Was that the brawl where Yasiel Puig had gotten traded mid game and he still ran out there and wanted to Maybe. punch somebody? That was kind of cool. I want to say it was Amir Garrett throwing haymakers. It was. Yeah. He basically ran over to their dugout and started punching people well and he throws like 100 miles an hour so i yeah. assume that his hand speed i is think it was the pirates good. is either the pirates or i want to say the cubs but i think it was the pirates this was a brawl for the ages this is great and archie bradley god love him got injured not oh, in the brawl necessarily archie. but trying to get to the brawl he he jumped out of the dugout over the railing Tri- As one does, tripped over the railing, landed on his elbow, and now has a fracture in his right in his pitching elbow. Oh man! And he's out for weeks. He's shut down for weeks, so that's not great. Um, I'm surprised it's not longer, to be honest. I'm trying to find the tweet with how many suspensions. I think it was a it was a total of twelve players. And coaches that got suspended. Oh yeah, because there were managers. Well, Phil Nevin got the most, the acting manager of the of the Angels, because his savvy self threw an opener out there in the first to hit Jesse Winker on purpose. 
What a genius. So that guy could just get ejected. What a mad genius he is. Guy um, just got the job and then he gets yeah, like, what did he, yeah. didn't he get like double digit games, I think. He right? got 10 games. He got 10 he, games? Yeah, he got 10 games. Here here we go. Brilliant. Uh, Phil Nevin, 10 games. Jesse Winker got seven. Anthony Rendon, who ran out on the field with his left arm in a cast. He's not even playing. He has he had wrist surgery. Isn't he out for the year? Yes. Oh my god. He got okay, so his is hilarious. He got five games. Which he'll serve so next year. When he's healthy, he has five games <laughs> suspension. Also, he has also been banned from sitting on the bench. For how long? Uh Rendon is prohibited from sitting on the bench for the Angels for the next seven games. So uh, he can't even be long. on the bench. Um, He'll be in the clubhouse. Uh, Angels assistant coach got five games. J.P. Crawford, who came over the top with Haymakers, got five games. Um, or a pitcher I don't know got three games. Ryan Tapera got three games. Rysel Iglesias got two games. Did you see what Rysel Iglesias did? He After the brawl was over, he went and took their bucket of sunflower seeds and threw it on the field. It's like... It's like hey a man. tantrum after the fact. Hey, man. And then he destroyed their own dugout. He was turning over coolers and bats were flying in their own dugout. That's like after. It's like he was mad that he didn't get to do more brawling. Yeah. Uh, Julio Rodriguez got two games. He played today. So I, I think a lot of these guys are appealing. And then other yeah. coaches got got some, too. So The Iglesias man. thing is like when your mom tells you to clean your room and you go, no. And then not only did you say no, but you take you your box of Legos yeah. and you dump the Legos on the floor and go, no. And then you dump it. You clean. <laughs> and now you just made more work for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was a ridiculous brawl. Do you, do you ever, did you ever get in trouble with your parents and you're having an argument with them when you were younger? And then you go into your room you slam the door and you realize, oh no, <laughs> I just slammed the door. <laughs> no, I was a. <laughs> I'm gonna get in even more trouble. I was a perfect little angel. Whatever. I, I never did it. You're such wrong. a liar. No, I I never. I got grounded once. Okay, here's the thing. In my life. I did plenty that was worth grounding. Oh, sure. but I didn't get grounded. But you're an only child. I am an only child. I so was the angel. They can't. They can't do that. I to was. You. I was automatically the favorite. There's nobody else to compete with. I remember I got grounded one time when I was a kid. <laughs> I don't remember what I did, but I got grounded. And my mom made me sweep up the garage. Right. Ooh. So I go out to the garage and I'm sweeping the garage and I started singing. Cause like, what else can you do? Right. Yeah. Like, pass the nothing. time. You're yeah. on the work line, man. So I'm. I'm singing. I don't remember what I was singing. I'm like eight. And my little sister, who's like four, comes into the uh, garage to like, you know, hey, hey, you got, you got, right, you got in you trouble. The garage. Yeah. And I'm out there singing. You're having fun. Having fun. And she's like, mom, <laughs> Steve's having fun in the garage. And my mom's like, well, I can't keep him from having fun. You like, clean the toilets. Yeah. Like, what was she going to no do? No singing. My, my mom still tells that story to, to this day. So. Can, can we really quickly... Um, before we end this thing, can we talk about what's been going on with Freddie Freeman? Yeah, what has been going um, on with Freddie So Freeman? he made his return to Atlanta this weekend, and it was super emotional. He got his World Series and ring. a little bit awkward. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He cried a lot, um, which is fine. I'm not saying you He's can't cry. He's allowed to do that. Um, He's earned it. Men can cry. Yeah. Um, so, but it was super emotional for him. Got his World Series ring and all that. Standing ovations every time he went to the plate. Um. He recently, and and even led to like Clayton Kershaw had some weird comments too. Was like, at first he was like, it was super cool for him to see you know him get all the recognition, and then somewhere in that quote, I'm misquoting it, I'm paraphrasing it. He basically said, 
hopefully we're not second fiddle for too long, and hopefully he realizes we have a pretty special group over here. Like, he'll realize it hopefully soon, or eventually. Um, like, hopefully my girlfriend doesn't look at her ex for too long. Yeah. Kind of like, what like, is that? Hey, I'm right here. Like, <laughs> Why would he have to worry about that? So I don't know. Because he was getting so emotional? I don't know. So... And then hopefully he remembers and who then, pays him. <laughs> and then out of what seemed to be nowhere, Freddie Freeman has fired his agent. Yeah. Because he didn't like how his contract negotiations went in the offseason. And the thing that we knew was the the Bra- at least what I believe that I read, it's been a while, but I read that the Braves offered him a contract for 5 years to come back, but that his camp and himself apparently wanted a six-year deal, and the Braves weren't didn't want to do that. They end up trading for Matt Olson without consulting Freddie and all that stuff like that. I mean, they don't not ha- that they need they don't to. have to. He's a free agent, but it's like you know you almost think it's like common courtesy, I guess. Like, hey, last chance. Um, and Here's then, our best offer. Yeah, and then Freddie Freeman goes to the Dodgers on a six-year contract because they can afford to do whatever they want. Right. Um, and this comes out from of all pl- of all people, Doug Gottlieb, who is most known for his college sports analysis. I guess you'd call it. Yeah, he was a college hoops player. He's a radio show, national radio show host now. He tweeted this out today. the The, the agent's name is Casey Close, by the way. Yeah. So his, Doug Gottlieb's tweet was Casey Close, who was Freddie Freeman's agent, never told Freddie Freeman about the Braves' final offer. That is why Freddie Freeman fired him. He found out in Atlanta this weekend. It isn't that rare to have happen in MLB, but it happened. Close knew, here's the key, Close knew Freddie would have taken the Atlanta deal. And Close, I'm guessing, wanted him to take the LA deal. Well, what I'm guessing was... more money Atlanta, or what? I'm Probably... Like Freddie would have accepted so, an offer that so was we, lesser in Atlanta, we don't but know, for six years, we don't know what the Doug Gottlieb final offer was. No, we don't know. There's no details about it. So, like, did Atlanta say, you know what, We're, we might make a mistake here. Let's go to a sixth year for maybe not as much money as the Dodgers were offering. Who right. knows? But I mean, I think it's safe to assume that the Dodgers offer was more money because Casey Close gets that commission. Here's what I'm I'm deducing though on my own. Okay. If Freddie Freeman is so ticked at his agent over this, yeah. Doesn't that tell you that he might have taken the offer that wasn't presented to him? Doesn't that make you think that it was a good one? Yeah. Because if Casey Close was worried that he was going to take it, no. That probably means he would have taken it. Last line of the tweet, Casey Close knew Freddie would have taken the Atlanta deal. Right. So I am inferring that Freddie probably would have taken that deal yeah. had he known about it. Yeah. That's, that's why it messed was, up. That's why it was not How can you not tell your client? There and should be like a bylaw that says, I, hey, you have to tell me about I want to say offers. some people are saying this is illegal, but I don't know if Might sports be. agents are different than other agencies. I don't know. But you would think that you would tell your client about an offer he got. I'd fire that guy, too. Yeah. What a jerk. Well, and he represents a lot of people in the league. He represents Clayton Kershaw. If you're a, He represents Dansby Swanson okay, so on yeah, the same team. Uh, let's not even use a player that's attached to this scenario like they are. Let's I mean, let's say you're on the Royals and you're a relief pitcher in case he closes your, yeah. is your uh, agent. Are you, How are you feeling today? Uh, I don't trust you, if that's true. 
But even if it's, I might even go to him and say, "Hey, what happened here?" Yeah, even if it's not true, it's hard to trust that guy now. Yeah, if this, if if you know, but I am I interested mean, to know how often that happens, and of course, and in per- what scenario, and of course, personally, if this is true, personally for me, I'm mad because now I have to deal with Freddie Freeman on the Dodgers for six years because his agent was greedy and wanted a little extra cash. Now there are scenarios we've heard about before, usually with superstars who say, "Hey, get a deal done with." Atlanta, let's say. Get a deal done with Atlanta, whatever it takes. I don't need to know the rest. Like, that happens with athletes sometimes. They tell their agents, just get a deal done with whoever, whether it's a new team or their previous team, and your agent will just go and get that done, and if they get an offer that's not worth it from another team, yeah. they don't even bring it up. That that happens. There's no doubt about that. But if if Freeman was super interested in staying in Atlanta, which by all purposes, everything we can tell, he wanted to be in Atlanta. He didn't want to leave. If there was an offer on the table that Close felt that Freeman would have taken, he needs to know about that. Yeah. Plain and simple. And the fact that he didn't find out about this supposed Braves final offer until this weekend when he was literally in Atlanta to play them. What the hell? Well, and how are you supposed to feel if you're the Dodgers and you're finding this out and you just found out that your MVP first baseman that you acquired for a six-year deal? Doesn't really want to be there. Didn't, it's not that he doesn't want to be there. It's he that he wanted to be somewhere else yeah, more. He wanted to and stay where he was. And he had that opportunity yeah. and didn't end up exactly. having it presented to him. I, I think people are like, yeah, Freddie, Fre- Freddie Freeman is going to eventually realize the Dodgers are pretty good too and it's a good place to be. But of course it is because they're constantly good and it's, you know, it, he is from California, Southern California, so it's home, whatever. Yeah. But this dude wanted to be in Atlanta. He wanted to stay in Atlanta. And think about this, too. I was telling this to some other people who are Dodger fans. They're like, whoa, whoa, Freddie, like, he doesn't want to be here. Blah, 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 blah. Of course he wants to be here. I'm like, it's not about that. He would have rather have stayed in Atlanta because guess what? He had worked. Think about how hard Freddie Freeman worked to get to where he was, an MVP. And then you just reached the mountaintop last year. And then the team... That you reach the mountaintop, your ultimate goal of winning a championship doesn't want you. I mean, Freddie Freeman how, is, is the Larry Fitzgerald of that how, organization. How crappy must that have felt for him? It's yeah. like, whole, like, they gave me an offer, but it's not exactly what I wanted. And then they just go trade for Matt Olson, which is a good trade for them, by the way. The, yeah, the, Bra- the Braves had a win-win there. They could have either kept Freddie Freeman or got Matt Olson, and they no bad fine. options. They're yeah. fine. But think about how bad Freddie Freeman probably felt like this this organization that's been my whole life. My my kids were born and raised in Georgia, all that, and all of a sudden that's gone. It's I hate to keep going back to this metaphor, but like it's you break up with your significant other and then you're with someone new and then you find out that your ex wanted to make it work and thinks that you could And you didn't get the text. And you're like Oh, I I was under the impression that it just wasn't going to work. Right. Like, wait, you want it? Wait, you love me? Yeah. And then it's like, how's that supposed to make your your new person, your new girlfriend feel? Right. I'm sure there's You're been like, what the hell, dude? What about me? I'm sure there's been conversations in the clubhouse of the Dodgers being like, yo, I'm happy I'm here still. Yeah. I like being here, but they have to understand those guys too. Like, it's like let's say the Dodgers, like they win the World Series, they finally win the World Series in 2020. If you want to call it a World Series championship, you can. I don't care. I call it a World Series. Whatever. I know you do. And then think about like a guy like Clayton Kershaw, who is their franchise player. He's the Freddie Freeman of the Dodgers. 
let's think about if if they had reached the mountain, they reached the mountaintop, and the next year if they don't want Clayton Kershaw to come back. He would have felt the same way, kind of crappy. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna end up on making a lot of money somewhere else, probably in a good spot too. But you're kind of like it's your first love, like you're saying it's your, your first your first love. By it's the- it's the same. It's let, let's continue down the misery. Let's say the Diamondbacks won the World Series with Paul Goldschmidt. Oh boy. And then the That's next year, the next year they say, "Sorry, Paul, we don't want you back." How bad would that feel? Yeah. How sucks. bad do you feel if you're Paul Goldschmidt? Good news is for Freddie Freeman, he's not going to need an agent for about five years. Well, <laughs> apparently, right now he is. Yeah, he's self-representing himself. That's fine. But like, he's under a six-year contract. It's not just for contracts and I stuff. Know. They do other things, like what business stuff, right? Oh, they yeah, get you, you know, like I don't know, they get well, you advertisements and all that stuff, right? A, you could have a business manager for that, as opposed to I an guess. agent. I don't know. I think agents, the biggest thing is the contract. Sure. And oh, now yeah. he's locked in. You're so right. He doesn't yep. have to do any negotiating for yeah. like five more years. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really messed up. Um, and also it causes Freddie Freeman to be a Dodger for uh, way too long and yeah. terrorize me. That's not great for us. Coming up on the Diamondbacks schedule, uh, three-game series against the Rockies. That runs from Friday through Sunday. Then a three-game series against the Giants. Then the Rockies again. And that one is a four-game series, so a this lot the of first time, and then the Giants again. The so first time they're playing the Giants this year. It's a lot of division opponents from now until July seventeenth, uh, which I think might be the All Star yeah, break. Is. You are correct. Uh, from now until the All Star break, it's nothing but division opponents, yep. specifically the Rockies and the Giants, two times each. Oh, and then the Padres is at the end there. <laughs> so that's going to go a long way in determining the next two weeks are really key. We've talked about this. The next couple months are key before the deadline, the yeah. trade deadline. But as you noted earlier, when you're eight and a half games back of a wild card spot, and there's three of those now, time to start making some decisions. Yep. All right. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast you're this welcome. week. Thank you, Bear. I appreciate you you're being welcome. here. You're welcome. Okay. You're welcome. I'm Steve Sinsmeister. That's Cody Fincher. You've been listening to the Ain't No Fang podcast here at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app. Yeah.